I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Um, this is Defer. You're listening to Rebel Radio with Gorilla One. Fuck you, Josh. <laughs> What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up? What up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh, Rebel Radio is going down. What do you say? Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio, the weekly show where I talk to the Rebels that are shaping youth culture. We find out how they do it, why they do it, and what you can do to get a little piece of the pie for yourself. We're also the only show to bring you new music every week from our friends over at EDM.com. I'm your host, Josh Levine, and uh, this week we have another in our Art Rebels series, Artwork Rebels, in partnership with Gorilla One and my man, Eddie Donaldson. Uh, this week, our guest in studio is Defer, the great graffiti artist. He's building an amazing career in the streets and in the galleries, and uh, he kind of talks to us about how he balances the two how he incorporates um, some Eastern philosophy and his training in jiu-jitsu and how it all fits together into, uh, into a great career and a great life. Some great stories coming up from Defer right after our EDM.com track of the week. That was 88 miles per hour with seven, the EDM.com track of the week. If you like that one, get over to EDM.com and check out more new music. And now let's get into the interview with Defer. 
going, man. We're here. We're here. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks, man. I appreciate you being here. You know, Eddie always brings the best people. Oh, cool. and, appreciate uh, you guys. I try. And, I, you know, I've been, like, I know your work, but I didn't necessarily associate it with you. Okay. Um, but, you know, I love, I love the stuff and, I, you know, I've seen it and kind of took me a while to put all the pieces together. So I'm excited to learn okay. more about you and, yeah. and dig into it. Sounds good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, first of all, how'd you guys, how'd you guys meet? I still like mutual friends. I've seen him around through the ages. You know, yeah. he's been around, like, especially Casey and them. Yeah. He's always been known. Seventh letter. Yeah. Yeah. Seventh, yeah. You know, seventh letter is everywhere, so it's kind of like. For sure. Did we do anything for you on GorillaOne.com back in the day? Did uh, we have, like, a, any picks up, or do you know? I don't remember. Probably not. I don't, I don't remember. Maybe yeah, not. I don't yeah. think so. I think, but I do know. That ever since we've been kind of linked up, he's always been there to support. Like, he's yeah. a sturdy dude that you can count on. Nice. I'm like, hey, can you come paint this wall? And he comes in, comes out, gets in, gets out. That's the awesome way. So, yeah. so we've formulated a pretty tight relationship over the last couple of years. That's cool. I was trying to think about how we met, and I think it was at, uh, at, your, sh <clears throat> at your shop. At Outspot 23? Yeah, I think. I think some dudes that I was hanging out with brought some promotions. There. What was it? Doing yeah, some... uh, uh, Ron Hill and yeah. Gunner. What was the name of that? On Point. What was their thing? Sure Shot. Sure, sure Shot. Yeah. And did I you know. Did I, you know I about? I knew them. I didn't. Did you know about Outspot Twenty Three? I heard. I heard them. I had a hip hop shop in the valley back right? in the early nineties. The only one. All the street team dudes used to make this make the trip to Tarzana. <laughs> yeah, because they they were like, oh, let's go, let's go make this run, and I was like, what? Like, why are we going to the valley? <laughs> That's right. Like that because we were selling tips, markers, books, and weed <laughs> at the Odd Spot Twenty Three. That's a nice name, Odd Spot. Right. I like that. Yeah. You know what's crazy is is like when we came up with the name, we were all Casey. We were all going back and forth trying to figure it out. And I'm like, dude, who cares? We're right. it's going to be the Odd Spot on the neighborhood. No one's going to care. Right. And Mystic was like, "What'd you say?" And I go, oh, "It's going to be Odd Spot." He goes, "That's it." And right. Twenty Three because I was Twenty Three. That's hilarious. Um, and that's where 23 kind of kicked in, obviously, through Jordan. But speaking of Jordans, a man over here making everybody look bad with the, <laughs> death, with the death for one of ones. But, yeah, it was just Odd Spot 23 because I didn't really care what it was called. But we carried Con Art. We carried Third Rail. We carried Gypsies and Thieves yeah. and all the other raver wear. Yeah. You know? It's funny. I mean, like, I, people think a lot about names, brand names or whatever. And uh, I'm always like, that. it doesn't really matter. Like a name is good because the thing because is Because of good. what you do, yeah, yeah, and who you are and how you put it down. Maybe there's some rare exceptions to that, but Absolutely. nobody, we don't care about Apple because it's called Apple. Not at all. It could have been orange. Exactly. <laughs> real shit. Yeah. Yeah, real shit. Sure. I mean, listen, as a graffiti artist, I mean, I'm sure Defer can contest this. Like my name is Sync, S-Y-N-C, right. and I was named that by Rage from TCF and KSN because I was always on time. Yeah. If I was picking you up at 10 o'clock, I'm out there at 10.52 or 9.52 <laughs> honking the horn going, hurry the fuck up, you know? Yeah. And that we were digging through CDs, and he found the Synchronicity album by the police. Uh -huh. So for the graffiti names, it was really important that it matched who you were as a person, right? Not well, my necessarily. Case, my case kind of sort of not really because, uh, like, Defer, I mean, it goes so back, way back as to, like, you know, use those those catch words, fresh, deaf, yeah. and it was, you know, it's a, you don't know what talks like that no more. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but you know, like it, that was when uh, graffiti was basically in its infant stages. Yeah. So my first name was actually Chaos with a K A O S, uh -huh. but I bit that from a hip hop book called 
I think it was called hip hop, I think. And okay. they, they showed a uh, phase two's uh, uh -huh. evolution of graffiti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Started with like a throwy and it just evolved and and then in the typeface it was saying something about yeah, phase two and and uh, chaos. And mm -hmm. I thought chaos was the craziest name because it means, you know, chaotic, but right. chaos spelled, you know, properly is C H A O S. So right. I was just say when I was a little kid, Chaos. I was, it's not uh -huh. chaos, but when I saw it with the K, I was like, that's vicious. So you wrote K O A S? K A O S. But I straight up bit it yeah. and I put two. So yeah. I like, I'm number two. You know what I mean? So I didn't, you know. And Yo, then, you know, Muggs is just the record he did, he just dropped was called Chaos. Yeah, yeah. With uh, Homeboy yeah. from New York. I'm oh, like, Rock Marciano? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe it. And Sponto did the font for it. Oh, that's cool. Rebel Radio is brought to you by HoneyBook. Uh, over at Rebel Industries, the parent company for the Rebel Radio show, we work with a ton of freelancers. We use copywriters, producers, editors, designers, everything we can think of. We try to hire the best people we can. Um, we hire them because they're great at what they do, but they're not always great at some of the business details, proposals, invoices, contracts, that kind of stuff. We're talking about small business owners, solo entrepreneurs, um, people with, with talent and creativity and skills. And, and I think they should be using HoneyBook and maybe so should you. If you're not familiar, HoneyBook is an all-in-one business management platform. It makes it easy to manage your business with uh, automated features and templates for contracts, proposals, invoices. You can get paid faster. There's calendars, so you don't forget what you're supposed to do. Um, it's really a great system and uh, really, really streamlines and simplifies managing a business. It allows you to save time and do more of what you do or do more sitting on the beach or whatever the hell you're going to do. That's why we partnered with HoneyBook.com to offer Rebel Radio listeners 50% off the first year of HoneyBook with your promo code REBEL. So get over to HoneyBook.com today. Use the promo code REBEL for 50% off your first year. Again, that's HoneyBook.com promo code REBEL. Yeah, so then, you know, death, you know, I had, you know, we'd ask, does anybody else have death? And, right. like, you know, it was kind of, for me, it was a hard name to write because it was so short. You know, right. the, the only word, I, uh, letter I liked in it was the E, really. And the F looks kind of like an E without the, you know, uh -huh. bottom. bottom part. So basically, uh, people were adding ERs, so it became deafer. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, I really wanted to change my name because it really, that word didn't have any more significance, right. you know, and I did it. And I was such a young kid, right? So you're yeah. kind of growing up and it's like, you know, everybody had these fresh names, you know, like sure. Scheme, Scene, you know, uh, Zephyr. Yeah. You know things that were very significant so the name actually has nothing to do with my personality or nothing that's funny well, i mean you are deafer than the rest right well quite possibly not <laughs> i don't know but uh yeah. no but it's funny i mean that stuff is is arbitrary yeah you know and like you know using the apple thing when you're coming up with a brand name right you go through all this legal process to figure that out and make sure nobody else is using it yeah when you're doing that in the streets it's a whole different yeah process right and and uh you know yeah, you go through course. other you go through yeah. other other stages or other steps to make sure no one else is using it you but you know uh, but you know now that it's become this global thing and i know we were talking about before about the neighborhood whatever like there's obviously the, i don't know if there's another defer but there's people around the world that have the same names yeah that just come from different hoods or yeah absolutely you know, whatever yeah or back in the day you used to battle for names yeah 
Yeah. I think Ewok battled another Ewok for the name or oh, whatever. I'm sure. I'm sure there's all that. So, um, yeah, that's crazy. Well, let's talk about how you got started. I'd love to know. How why, well, actually, you know, I, like as a kid, I grew up in Boyle Heights, right? Mm -hmm. So just, just My being. My dad grew up in Boyle Heights. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, yeah just being there. Um, obviously, back then, there was a lot of cultural murals. Like, you know, they yeah. had like, you know, cultural icons. Um, they were kind of socio-political too. You see like different mm -hmm. uh, revolutionary figures like Pancho Villa, um, Zapata. Mm -hmm. They'd be infused in these murals. Also, some of them were very mysterious. I, you know, some of the Im imagery was kind of, uh, uh, I guess, uh, yeah, mysterious to say the least. You know what I mean? And uh, mm. as a kid, I saw these murals and I was like, wow, because I used to draw as a kid. You know, I, had yeah. a, I, I was gifted with that, you know, drawing and stuff. So I, nice. I did that since I was a little kid. But so I had a natural inclination to look at art, even though I didn't understand it. I saw it. Mm. So I was like, wow, what is this? And then uh, anyways, after that, then there wasn't really on the West Coast at that time, this is the early 80s, there wasn't, you know, any, hardly any kind of, uh, anything from the East Coast. Right. And then, but I used to see a lot of, you know, the neighborhood placasos, the neighborhoods that used to write mm -hmm. on walls, uh, basically marking off territories. Sure. And, you know, there was always a, all, all, always a very uh, deep mystique about that in terms of danger and, oh, don't, right. don't go out at night, these guys are here and that's yeah. their wall, that's, you know, their block. But, I, I remember as a little kid, I didn't really see too much of that. You know, I live in Boyle Heights, but you didn't see it as, it, it wasn't as prevalent, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I guess it was more, I guess maybe incognito and not as overt as, as yeah, it And more hidden became. spots rather right. than like, yeah. Yeah, if you didn't know the going top to bottom yeah. on in the liquor store down so, the block. Sure. So um, with that, I was definitely had those early impressions of art and then obviously as a little kid, breakdancing came in to, and, you know, pretty much everybody Everywhere. Every, you know, kid with break, trying to break dance or yeah. break dance, you know, I mean, it, it reached all cultural, yeah, yeah. Uh, racial groups. And um, so obviously I did that. that was, this is before the Internet. So mm -hmm. the only time we got a glimpse of like breakdance is if it came out in a movie. Right. Uh, Flashdance. Yeah, like a cheesy movie, like, yeah. like you know, like a cheesy breaking. movie, like Flash Breaking. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo Gals was one of the first videos I saw, and mm -hmm. I saw graffiti, and you saw this quick flash, and yeah. those video shows came on like at midnight, so I'd have to sneak out, you know, watch, right. watch it late at night. It's not like, the, you know, we have YouTube now. Yeah. It's basically, you know, you caught that one little glimpse, and that's all you got, mm -hmm. and, uh, I guess it was, I, I'm going to say it was 19, I know I made a mistake and said it was 82, but I think it was was 83 actually when Star Wars got released okay. to the public, you know, on, on, uh, it was on uh, Channel 28, UHF, in LA, you know, you had yeah, the yeah, dial yeah. Uh, yeah, TV, sure. had, and it was on UHF, so it was a little bit grainy, uh -huh. and uh, uh, I basically watched it to watch the breakdancing, because my friends were like, they're going to have breakdancing on there, but it ended up being about graffiti, but mm. I, I kind of was gravitated towards that, and uh from there, I, I uh, immediately took action. I started drawing, just you know, what mimicking what I saw, kind really? of like letters, bubble letters, yeah. and you know, these characters with goggles, ski goggles, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, no doubt, the old B boys. Yeah, uh -huh. the old B boys, and um, yeah, from there, I, I pretty pretty fast. I went out to the freeway right there in Boyle Heights, and I did a piece there, my first right? piece. Yeah, yeah, it was horrible, but I did it. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that feeling of getting up for the first time? 
Yeah, it was it was basically uh, to me it was a nightmare because I didn't know what to do. So I did the outline first, and uh -huh. I filled in the outline, <laughs> you know, and I did this gradation, and sure. uh, and it was the craziest uh, experience because I did during the day actually because there was like wow. brush kind of, yeah, and and uh, I guess you know back in those days there was I, I guess maybe at night there was a lot of homeless people there. Right. They, I mean they had like you know magazines and just it it was just like a junkyard back there mm -hmm. but I, I smelled the worst smell I was like and i looked and it was like a, a dead dog and maggots it was like the most horrific horrific yeah. scene wow as a little kid scene i was just like whoa this is not good that's a and big I, night and i you know it was actually during the day uh, but, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. but um i actually kind of turned into the night because I, I you know i went back a couple times to fix it up and um I, I I could vague, vaguely remember what it looked like because I, I didn't take a picture of it or anything. But yeah. you know, you know, but you know, then I did. I was tagging around. I had a, I got a magnum. Those magnum forty fours, remember from yeah. Standard Brands? Sure. Yeah. Like I was tagging. So yeah. did this all my own, all on my own. Didn't have a crew. Didn't have. I was just doing it. You know, by myself. And yeah. basically, graffiti back then, everything was illegal. There was nothing. I mean, we're so whack. Who would want us to paint? You know, yeah, anything no on there, You know what I mean? No, but it that was, was, so was all about vandalizing, though. I don't back know, in the man. We, too. we, we, you know, I think that that time and culture, we just loved all of it. Like we didn't have a critical eye. Yeah. You know, from the from the fan side, from the culture side, yeah. right? No one's mm -hmm. going like. I mean, yeah, some things were better than others. Yeah. But I think you know, it's like you said. All of a sudden, you know breakdancing took over everything all of a sudden hip-hop took over everything and for us we just wanted all of it mm -hmm. you know yeah. i just read this book about mtv and they were talking about how mtv got started right mm -hmm. and it was like yeah before that there was videos but you had to watch them late at night or you had to find them yeah. or whatever and then all of a sudden and then people were like yeah this is what we want just give us as much of it as mm. we can get yeah i mean um yeah, the music played a big role too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just all the, you know, everything that was going down back then—the music, the dance, the break dancing, yeah. the, you know, that was just the soundtrack to everything. Yeah, yeah. But you know, graffiti was, was always the. Was there a record? Shoot. Was there a record that you remember that was like big for you early on? Mm. Uh, in terms of hip hop, like basically. Yeah, Jeez, man! I mean, just. I mean, I could just remember, you know, every song that came out, we waited for it. You yeah. know what I mean? I remember it was just trippy. You go to school, you know, girls were wearing their pants inside out, the uh -huh. Levi's, and like it was Roxanne, Roxanne, uh -huh. you know, that was a little thing. And, and, you know, I'm just saying that's just one part yeah, of it where sure. it was just like everything, you know, Planet Rock, yeah. Jam On It, Nucleus, you yeah. know. Um, Do you remember what you were listening to before hip hop? Uh, I used to like listen to a lot of punk rock. Okay. Yeah, I used yeah, to love punk rock. Yeah. Yeah. Still what was the first record rock. you ever purchased by vinyl? Oh, jeez, man, you're going way back. <laughs> Mine was picture. fucking Captain and Tennille. Oh, shit. Whoa. And then the Pat Benatar. Damn. And Olivia just... Newton-John. Straight up, dead serious. Dude, you just dropped it on I'm, I'm being real. Just, that was the first three records <laughs> I ever bought, bro. Then it was like ACDC, fucking. Okay. And then it went to GBH and like, you know, fucking like wow. punk rock. I, I evolved really quick. Yeah. I went to private school, so I was lucky to have kids who had something so I, yeah. could, I could go over to their crib and like steal styles and ideas and shit that's funny and, and steal records too. sure hopefully none of you were listening <laughs> yeah I, I think some of the first final i actually i can't remember what i actually bought because i know my you know my parents probably got me some stuff you know but uh i remember getting a lot of punk rock stuff you know yeah. the little 45s yeah, yeah. you know and i think a lot of it maybe because like 
you know, a couple of my cousins were punk rockers. So, you know, at that sure. age, you're yeah, impressionable. You pick it up from, you're just like, yeah. all right, well, this is this what it is? And I'll, I'll listen to it. But I, I would buy like punk rock, like Black Flag when they first started. Okay. Uh, Fear. Yeah. Uh, I love living in the city. Uh -huh. um, I forgot. What was, that, what was that album called? I forgot. Uh, um, That's funny, man. Yeah. So I, didn't, I didn't discover punk rock until high school. Yeah. But like, you know, my neighborhood, it was all R&B, soul. Oh, okay. And then, um, and then I remember though in the fifth grade, like all of a sudden, you know, the kids that I went to school with that like their big brothers were, were cholos. Yeah. And were, you know, and they all of a sudden started listening to heavy metal. Oh. It was man. like one year, it was like 1980. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, I don't know what the record was that like turned everybody but you know and they were getting it from their older brothers mm. that all of a sudden it was like judas priest yeah, uh, yeah. molly know, hatchet metallica food. what about molly hatchet i mean that's, that's not really metal that's another generation dude yeah, same time kind uh, that's like that was more like southern rock it really but, i mean was. it all kind of blended together yeah, at but like that black time. sabbath mm -hmm. like all these so it was funny all these dudes that um you know were, were into like oldies and you know all the lowrider stuff and then all of a sudden you know heavy metal well it's kind of the same now though right like there's a huge latin yeah. following for metal for and sure. southern rock you know it's yeah. like i go to some of these festivals and it's more latin people than there are fucking white boys out there count banging their head i mean so much of that is regional right like you go to yeah. like you go to a morrissey show here yeah and it's very latin yeah right yeah, like he's just, big in Mexico, right? Morrissey, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, you know, you go around the country mm -hmm. and the Morrissey show doesn't look like that. It's all yeah. white kids. Mm. It's different. You know? So, yeah, we have all these regional differences. Um, anyway, that's that's all crazy. Yeah, that's, that's crazy, man. What about your first album? My first album... Well, the first vinyl I bought was um, Smokey Robinson. Oh, wow. I mean, he's blacker than me, bro. Uh, he is. Yeah. He is definitely blacker and than me. And then my first 12 inch was uh, uh, Double Dutch Bus. I don't remember oh, yeah, my that's... first 12 inch. I don't think I ever bought a 12 inch. I'm be honest. Is with that you. right? Well, actually, that's not true because those the, the songs you mentioned only came in 12 inch, yeah. like the jam on it. There was yeah, no yeah, LP was... for those. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Not really. So you're right. Yeah. But at that time, I didn't understand the difference between a 12 inch and an LP because I was right. just buying this piece yeah. of vinyl to play. For sure. Not until I came out here did I realize that this is a single and right. it's a, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, what I mean mine that, was. that doesn't matter when you're a little kid, right? It's just yeah, I remember trying to scratch for the first time on my fucking, you know, drop down turntable. Me too, and I didn't understand how it worked, so yeah. I was trying to scratch on the needle. Yeah. Not on the record. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and I like fucked up the needle <laughs> yeah, and like. I think I fucked up I my needle out. too. That's funny. Little yeah, by little. I was in Kentucky, so when Breaking came out, and all, like I didn't have the exposure you guys had. Yeah. We used to get tapes from up from New York brought down to kids yeah. who would come and visit, but we didn't really have the exposure. So my Breaking and art and graffiti, we used to pause the Breaking the movie on the where the piece was, uh -huh. and then we would take the paper on the television and trace it. Oh wow! And then that would be like the thing, yeah. you know. And we would, I didn't even try to draw it. I mean, like, that's creative. And then we do the same like, with the moves on the breaking side. Out. We'd be like, pause it. Yeah. And then we'd try to do it and then rewind and pause it. Yeah. We didn't have as much as you guys did. We weren't as lucky. No, I get it. Super I biting. It. <laughs> right? Yeah. But that's what it takes, right, is to, to like 
get to that point where you can develop your own thing, right? You got to kind of figure it out as you go. Yeah, I think visual art back then had a big uh, influence because, you know, you looked at the record album covers, you know, there are these yeah. big things. I remember Wild Style, you know, or, or um, remember the Wild Style? Yeah, uh, Doze was on that cover, right? Yeah, that was... That piece right there was just like epic. I actually mimicked that in my in in the back of my garage. Oh really? Yeah, I think I tried to come off on that too because that was like the only that was the most colorful, memorable piece for everybody. Was that wild stuff shit? I gave up. Like I just wasn't. You know, we used to just write and sit in class, write our names or alphabets, Mm -hmm. just you know, and uh, and then I was like, I'm I'm just not that good. I'm gonna I'm gonna give up. So when did you, um, when, at what point did you start thinking about art as a career? Um, that's, art's the craziest thing because I think it's like, it's consistently inconsistent. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, I mean, I heard that from my friend Greg B. That's a great thing He says that because it is, you know, you do one thing and you don't know where the next thing is going and it's it's very difficult, uh, career choice. Was there a point where you're like... I'm gonna go do this for a living. Um, they're always. I, I sometimes I think there never is a point of that because it's like right? it, you know, with, especially with 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 like the. It seems like you know I grow old, but I don't grow up. You know, uh-huh. I'm still doing what I did when I was a kid. Sure. You know, and I'm still that deffer. It's like you never. Something's never changed. Yeah. But you know this. You know, and I'm still. I still have that uh, graffiti graffiti writers mentality where it's like sometimes business goes out the window in terms of if I ain't gonna hit a wall I'm gonna hit a wall yeah and that's that I don't care about what the galleries think or yeah, you know yeah. what I mean it's just the habitual being everywhere ubiquitous you mm-hmm. know and and uh that's one thing that that never goes away for me mm. and just that, that drive to kind of just infiltrate all levels of society and um yes like like the Beverly Hills spot our our, our life Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the end of our show, Retina and Deffer went out and did a whole big thing. Oh, really? On the wall. Yeah, it lived for like two weeks, too. That's cool. <laughs> so that is that, fun, but right? you've done really yeah. well in the galleries as well. Yeah, I've done, I've done pretty good. So yeah. how, did, how do you balance those two things of being out in the streets and being in the galleries? Like, do they work together? Do they... They, you so know they what they have against each other. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess at one point maybe they wouldn't have worked together, but now it's a different. Now there's a there's such a high flow of, of information. We have so much information at the palm of our hands that, sure. you know, pe- you do one piece, people forget about what, where's your next post. They right. want this fresh feed of stuff. You know, yeah. you don't people don't go check your website anymore because you got right. what maybe 15 images and you have to you know, they want that instantaneous. You know, what's the next tweet? What's the next this? And, yeah. And it's constantly, you know, as as generations come up, they want more information. Sure. So yeah, nobody's reading the newspaper anymore. Right. They're just, you know, like, you know, everybody has this, uh, you know, their own world of their own music yeah. on their on their playlist, their own websites that they visit, their Instagram pages that mm-hmm. they follow, and and and. With that being said, I think in order for galleries and things like that to stay, you know, relevant and and. And up to date, they have to feed more of the beast. And sure. you know, a guy like me would come in. I have, I could do both. I could juggle both worlds. Be aggressive like a graffiti writer, but yeah. also keep a you know steady studio practice at the same time. So how does how does the approach change? I read something you said that I thought was so uh, smart that I had never thought of. That you know, when you're uh, when you're painting canvas, mm-hmm. you don't have because 
there's no time pressure. Yeah. Right, because you're not worried about getting caught. Yeah. Right. And exactly. so, um, you know, you can take your time, whatever. So, how does it change your process if you're gonna if you're gonna make something for a wall versus a gallery? Um, yeah, there's big differences. I mean, a canvas is in a controlled setting in terms yeah. of you know, um, you know, you put your music on. You don't have to. You don't have to deal with the public. Only who you let into your domain. Right. Um, you know, and it could. You know, you could walk away at any time. You know, I mean, there's a, t to me, I think there's always some sort of time, you know, frame that you have to finish things at because you want, you want to keep it flowing. Sure. But, but obviously it's not like being on the streets. If you're doing <laughs> right, something, right. yeah, if you're, it depends. If you're doing something illegal, you got to be in and out as quick as possible. Yeah. Uh, you have to be, I think always on the street has to be time efficient because, you know, you're, you're dealing with, uh, if they're shutting down a block for you to do a big commission, there right. you know there's time restraint. Yeah, they can't just stop the world for you right. know because there's traffic. There's yeah, yeah. there's yeah you can't go. Oh, I'm gonna come uh, back tomorrow and finish it. Yeah, pedestrians. Right. A lot of times they do stuff for corporate, you know, entities, and it's in an office space where they have you know they have board meetings, yeah. they have workspaces, and and you got to be in and out, you yeah. know. And there's always those, but that's where the graffiti aspect comes. You know, you know, I, I attack it like a military operation. You know, just go in, right? da, 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 and you know, go. Yeah. And uh, you know, and then like I said, it's you know, there's there's a there's a lot of like variables on the street too because you know, I think last last one I did out there, we we took a hike, we and we walked miles up up to this thing in Hawaii, and we did a, a military bunker. Oh wow. Yeah, me and Esteban Oreo and his wife, yeah. we we took a hike up there, my friend Sean and and Nick we went up there took paint you know that's great and we went crazy up there but that was just for you know for fun for fun yeah. get your head right yeah. too yeah so when therapy. you do stuff like that how yeah. much how much do you have a plan of what you're going to paint before you get there there's absolutely no plan on that no plan. yeah no plan freestyle. because it's just freestyle because it's more I would take a more uh maybe an eastern approach of emptying your mind mm -hmm. as opposed to like okay I gotta have a sketch I have to do this color first it's more and I, you know, there's sometimes I just work with crude materials. It could be just black and white, yeah. one one brush, and uh, that's where the magic comes in. Yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, we've done a couple commercial projects lately, and there's been like zero preparation at walking into it. Like, look at the building, yeah. show up in the morning, and dude's done three hours later with a two-story, four million-dollar house, and it looks amazing. Yeah, I don't know what he's gone through in his head, but right. I we've had no conversations about colors. He's like, yeah. what do you think about gray? All right, cool. I'll see you at nine. And then I get there at 10.30 and he's halfway finished. I mean, wow. that's literally what happened on the, on the yeah. two jobs ago. Wow. And it, it's interesting because a lot of other people spend a whole, it's like the name thing. You spend a whole lot of time trying to figure out what you're going to do. And right. then you're, you're, you know, you set yourself up for disappointment to a certain extent because it doesn't turn out the way you wanted it. Sure. Yeah. So I like that, the Eastern approach to emptying your mind before you walk into the, so I'm going to I'm a, I'm a, I'm a cop that. Teach me and Eddie how to do that. Yeah, no doubt. How, how, do, how do you empty your mind? <laughs> Well, I mean, I, not, not, I mean, I guess uh, also to having supreme confidence in your skills, sure. you know, in your skill set and knowing what you're going to do. Um, also, there's a lot of preparation, you know what I mean? Like, like I, I read, uh, you know, that book Blink yeah. by uh, Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, was, it was just talking about like your brain has things figured out before you think it does. Right. And your hesitation, it just makes and the process harder. Yeah. yeah, so that was part of my enlightenment in terms mm. of like, I, I sold a couple works to an East Coaster, this guy Tommy Marin, and he's like buying my neighborhood writing, you know, and, mm -hmm. and but I was, I would get kind of more like nervous when I was doing those 
early canvases because I would want everything symmetrical. Sure. And it would never turn out right when I would try to do grids because I'm horrible at math and all that stuff. And then when I read that book, I said, let me try just going for it without even thinking about it. And sure enough, I hit it on, yeah. the, on the mark. And oh, that's cool. Since then, I was like, man, that thing works. And yeah. I put it to the test. And for me, it works. I love that. I mean, I have to have supreme confidence, but it, you know, I go in there and just bam. Sure. And then with the... Uh, so with, when, you're, when you're doing that, does, it, does the voice come up to like question what you're doing? Always, yeah, always because uh, what do you do? I remember, you know, even starting graffiti. I remember like I'd be so nervous because it was like you wanted that can control, you know, and you want the slick yeah. lines and, and you know, the um, very tight uh, everything clean back yeah. then. It was all about can control, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a big thing, you know, manipulating the can and, and to get it to, to paint straight. And and uh, I remember Bruce Lee used to say, he'd say, uh, ease the burden of the mind. Mm. Because, you know, you're like, you're, you're stressing out, like, I got to get this straight. And then that's actually making you more nervous because you're putting so much emphasis on yeah, sure. that without just flowing and having confidence in yourself. And when you could shed, you know, ease the burden of the mind, that's when I think you could flow. Oh, that's big. You know, that flow state. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, am I right that you also do martial arts? Yeah, do uh, uh, jujitsu. Okay. Yeah, Brazilian Gracie jujitsu. Oh wow. Yeah. How does that? Um, do you think that has an impact on on your art, your work? Oh, definitely, because it's. I mean, I haven't trained in a while, but just because of my scheduling, and it's yeah. kind of hard to just get. It's not like a twenty-four fitness where you sure. can just jump in. And, you know, you finish a job at twelve, and you know, cover with paint, right. roll. Right, right, right. It's. You know, so I haven't been training as much, but it definitely has, you know, you, you push yourself to the limit, you know, in terms of physicality. And it's also you have a, a live opponent coming at mm -hmm. you, so you can't, um, right. you know, you can't be passive and you have to be aware. And, and you know, if you're not aware, if you're uh, tired or whatever, you're, you're yeah. going to pay for it, right? I mean, talk about things not going according to plan. Right? Yeah, like, exactly. That dude's got his plan. Yeah. You know? So you basically have to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations. So. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm able to push the envelope with, I think that helps me mentally push the envelope on the art where I'm like, I'm well, sure. you're pushing physically and pushing your spirit and your mind. And then, you know, you transfer that into art and then it, it's like, this is a walk in the park. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. You know. So I know you, you were saying earlier, you, you teach, you know, you work with students. Um, yeah, that was a few years ago though. Oh, okay. Yeah. So for, for artists, for anybody that's starting out today, mm -hmm in this career what would you tell them not to do the like the mistakes you made early on well you know i think i think every artist you know you choose to be in that what that two percent of the population three three and a half mm -hmm. two percent two and a half percent of the population that chooses to be an entrepreneur going your own route where you're making something whether it's a business art career you want to be an nba player whatever you know something yeah. where you got to forego on your own sure um, you have to compete with the whole world, everything that's out there. If you're going to be a tattoo artist, who, why are they going to pick you over this person? Or, right. you know, you have to become supremely the best at what you do, right. you know. So um, that's the hard part, right? You know, you, you got this, you know, and now it's more global because, you know, you could get posts from all over the world. Right. You can see art from all over the yeah, world. Sure. So it's not about being king of L.A. or king of New York or whatever. It's, it's about, you know, your, you know, yeah. this, this, this global... Uh, people doing lettering all over the world. This movement's big. Mm -hmm. So in order to do that, you have to compete with everybody. And it's it's hard, man, because to stay on top of things. And, you know, I always see it as like a, a wheelbarrow. 
it doesn't go anywhere unless you push it mm. and you got to push the envelope all the time that's great and uh you know some people get into art like oh, i want to make money you're, you're getting into it for the wrong reasons because yeah. when that money doesn't come in there's no right. passion then oh well no money i'm not going to paint right you know, you know like maybe a fighter is going to be like well i only train when i have a fight coming right. but the martial artist trains every day because he wants to be he Supremely yeah, greatest at us. That's a good way to look at things. Well, ultimately, you're competing with yourself, right? Yeah, and then we're our own worst enemies. <coughs> you know what I mean? And that's, 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 yeah, yeah, you, yeah. In that sense, also, you, you got to forget about everybody else because at the end of the day, you got to wake up and push yourself to motivate yourself to make something happen, you know, that's especially right. when nothing's happening, mm-hmm. you know, because once you finish a show, people are asking, well, hey, what's next? What's next? You know, of I just finished that like a day ago. Like, yeah, no, <laughs> what's, what's, when's this happening, or when's yeah. this happening, or you know, this and that. And it just, you know, just, it just, you know, that's that's what I mean. It's it's an ongoing process that, you know, um, it's yeah. It's you don't think about like it's not. There's no stability in terms of okay, well, you know, practicality where uh, well, I'll be a plumber because there's water everywhere right, and, right. but you know I'll, I'll slave for five days and I'll have two days off and maybe sure. a couple you know but you take, know, a note from, take a note from sugar free stay ready so you don't got to get ready that's right yeah, yeah that's right that's, yeah that's that's real wisdom Adrian posted that yesterday and oh, I yeah, like right. five songs in the morning but that's my that's the one I always stick with is stay ready so you ain't got to get ready yeah, that's, and that's the mind of that's how homeboy is he's like I'm just he's always ready no matter yeah. what and I mean we all have our times where we need to duck out right? sure of course but, but that's part of it too right is prepared and you have that confidence level like whatever I have to do I'm gonna do it you stay ready yeah you ain't got to get ready yeah yeah, so, yeah pretty state of consciousness yeah. If you're enjoying this one, we have many, many Artwork Rebels episodes in partnership with Gorilla One, my man Eddie Donaldson co-hosting with me. Uh, let's go back to one of the earlier ones was Risk One, uh, the, the one and only graffiti pioneer of Los Angeles. He has some great stories about, you know, the history of graffiti in L.A. and, and his role in that and the crossover from graffiti to streetwear. Uh, lots of great stories from Risk if you want to go back and check that one out. So what about working with brands? I, I want to ask both of you. Because um, I know you, you know, I, I know, you, you know, you talked about doing art for, you know, a commission for mm-hmm. a brand or whatever. What is, um, what do you want those people to know about, like, what makes that kind of partnership successful? Um, I, th- I think it's the fit, you know what I mean? The fit and the project. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't, you know, like, like I, I, I really don't plan anything anymore. I do it. I, I call it, I mean, people manifesting or whatever, Yeah. where I kind of just, I have moments where I think certain things are, are meant to be because you have no control who's going to hire you, who's going to call you. Right. You got to do the work and then, you know, and I don't like walk around hustling or, you know, sure. like, oh, check my portfolio. Oh, this guy's from here. Like, show him your work. No, yeah. I just... I do the work and, and, and see, I try, I guess I use the work as a magnet in terms of what comes out of this work is how is it going to get to me? And, yeah. um, there's a lot of time of solitude in there, but you know, with brands, I mean, um, I've never approached a brand in terms of like, Oh, you know what? I'd really like to work with you guys or cause you know, people ask me like online and stuff like, Oh, how, how do you approach them to work? I go, right. I don't do that. So yeah. it's different, you know? 
I mean, I almost think, I don't know, Eddie might disagree with me, but I almost think, like, you, no one should approach anybody. Yeah, like, exactly, yeah. The moment you're asking for work, yeah, they don't want to fuck with you. Yeah. Right? Like they, exactly. Everybody wants what they can have. Yeah. Yeah, I do disagree. I, mean, I know, because you, you know. Well, that's my hustle. I'm, yeah. trying to, I'm trying to partner people, and I think one thing I've been lucky or, or privileged to do is build bridges between unlikely people that would not necessarily fit or work together. For sure. Whether it be two artists or it be a company with an artist. Sometimes companies don't know what they need because they are too, they sit in their little office and they, they don't know what we're doing. Yeah, and they don't even know what's, what's the options Sometimes are. artists don't see it because they're artists and they're, they need to be artists. Right. So sometimes there is a time where you do need to approach a company and say, look, this is the you Scion, for instance. Let's talk about it. I'm sure there's many times we try to tell Jerry shit that she wasn't really trying to hear, but it would have been a great move for them. So there's, yeah, for there, sure. There I, I mean, times. I guess what I'm saying, and maybe that's like why there's a role for people like, like us, us, right? Because um, it's different than you going out and trying to hustle up some, you know, hire me. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, you know, I think the way that I approach those conversations is like, if I'm talking to a brand, it's like, what you know tell me what problem you're trying to solve mm -hmm. and i'll see if i can offer up some suggestions right and and so yeah maybe it's like hey you haven't thought about this but there's this group of people over here that you should be paying attention to whatever yeah um yeah you're right so i guess the end you're i don't disagree no you're it's, right it's Alex somewhere in between be going out trying to no yeah i'm, I'm just saying my part people yeah. on uh, people on his behalf yeah. or artists in that yeah. situation's behalf yeah plugging you know kind of putting one and two together and making three but it's a delicate balance i mean there there are definitely people that are very successful because they just like won't take no for an answer and they you know i had a guy once tell me i'd rather be known for being annoying than for being broke yeah and like that worked for him i like yeah. that you know and that that's probably a little bit more your style like me if i feel like i'm i'm being annoying or or like I, it's gonna hold me back yeah, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, perfect case and example. A friend of mine, Todd Boo, I grew up with, went to private school, St. Francis in Louisville. He's yeah. a very successful car dealer, owns Indigo Auto Group, Rolls Royce, Maserati, Lamborghini, you know. Yeah. Rancho Mirage, Houston, now open in Palm Springs, mm. Porsche. And I've been on him, dog. I'm hitting him kind of continuously. We're, we're having coffee on Tuesday next week, but sure. he said, thank you for continuing to to get at me because I'm, I'm very very busy right so there is yeah for sure some situations where hitting the gas is great right and there's some situations where you become like a, a a noise that you just turn off and they don't even see the text anymore that's right or the emails because it's too consistent yeah just gotta know the yeah. person you're you're dealing with yeah, yeah, yeah or take a shot i want to go back to something we were talking about earlier how uh you know hip-hop and graffiti and and this whole culture used to be this thing that you know, people didn't know about it. it wasn't everywhere right and so how how has all that <clears throat> how does that change your process now that we're in this world where you know we see the, we you know the whole world sees all this stuff on a daily basis yeah i mean to me it's you know as a kid it'd be unimaginable because you know now they make you know spray paint for 
graffiti specific for that right, specific yeah, yeah, for purpose. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, that's nuts. I mean, to people buy it and don't yeah. steal Colors, it. The tips, it's all so simple now. You I mean, order it online, you'll, you'll go steal it. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's just like, I, I would never, you know, I mean, just because we came from that state where it was just like, you know, in the prehistoric times, I guess, the genesis of LA graffiti. For sure. Where, um, you know, um, yeah, and, and to see it, how it evolved globally and yeah. how they just, you know, you get people in Europe and they're just so dedicated, or Asia, they're so dedicated to their craft where they'll, mm -hmm. you know, they'll do, you know, whatever it takes to be the best. And, and, and right. they just, you know, the scene is just this, this big global entity now. And it's, I guess right now it's, you know, with the internet and all these social media channels, it's more united than ever because you mm -hmm. can see it, you know, it's all at the palm of your hand, you know, because back in the day, you know, there's a piece behind this. You have to get off the 31 bus on this street. You got to jump two fences, go to yeah. this alley. Yeah, there's a blue jumped up car here. Or, or on Saturday, it's like, let's go to the yards and we go to exactly. Belmont. We yeah. see who painted. We are right. who's painting. We go to Levitt's. For we sure. We go yeah. to Motor. Yep. We yeah. go to the valley. There was this Reseda yard. It's yep. definitely completely different. That's one of the holes we tried to fill with Gorilla One is we had a train section and we would put up 20 pictures of trains. Mm -hmm. We had a catch-all section, which were throw-ups, and then we had a piece section. It is definitely more united than it's ever been because you can see styles and bite styles, and you know. Sure. Back then was crazy too because every time you went out, someone did something new. Yeah. For us in LA, you know, yeah, like yeah. oh shoot, you know what I mean, and, and um, that was what was kind of exciting, and it was more. It was more of a trek. You had to jump on a, a RTD bus now known as Metro, whatever right. it was rough. We call it rough, tough, and dangerous That's back right. in the day, but it was like you had to jump on an RTD bus, you know, you cut a couple of spots in the bus, get off, and the then, scribes. you know, you had to walk a lot. So, you know, now, I mean, you know, people, you know, before you had to fight people in person, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, hey, what's yeah, up, yeah. what'd you say? <laughs> right. And then now people are just in their home just sending uh, mad face emojis out, you know, bang, bang, you're Insta gone. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna get you. <laughs> and he's the only one left yeah. still punching people. No, I haven't punched you in a long time. <laughs> but, um, you know, back then it was more of a, um, I, I could say it's an adventure. Yeah. But um, I also accept the world that, you know, the way it is, man. If this is out, you know, this in internet stuff, you yeah. know. Um, I don't want to be complaining about everything because it is what it is, you know, yeah. pretty soon there's not going to be a, it's probably going to be a hologram, right? Sure. And you're just going to talk, you yeah. know. And One thing I miss is battles, though. Yeah. Like, I'm not yeah. going to lie to you, like when there was a UTI-TCF battle at Belmont, mm -hmm. everyone mm -hmm. was coming down, everyone would come to see what was going on, like that, the, you know, the, the what you write <coughs> and the, the, the going over each other, like that was cool too, but the yeah. battles were like, that was the biggest of the big. Like there was yeah. all the little beasts on the street. Like, oh yeah, we got fun home with Seven Eleven. All that was fun, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but the battles were like, and you when you won or when you lost, it was like head down. Right. Fucking, you just lost. You know, like it, that. Those were the days, and the bigger dudes got to judge because they have right. more credit than you. Yeah, yeah, the, sure. The, the the hierarchy or the pecking order process to me that's missing is kind of a bummer to me because now it's like you become a street artist and you make more money than somebody. You're like the pecking orders based on finances versus right. how up you are, how hard you are, how willing yeah. to fight you are, yeah. how many buses <coughs> you'll get on. Like it was just all built very, very different. Sure. You know? do you and still I'm not see, complaining, but, you know. Do you still see that. elements of that uh, competitive spirit in, in art? I mean, <clears throat> you're doing, I, it's, it's kind of hard to say because, I, I mean, you see so much art on, uh, online now. I mean, like I yeah. said, look, with this flow of information, it's yeah. just like, 
And I think back then, I think the graffiti world was 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 you know it was a, it was more of a subculture in yeah, terms of like it was underground, and we sure. we you know we we heard of each other, we knew who each other were we were, and yeah. if not, you know, run into each other here and there. But it was yeah. very uh, um, a very uh, closed off society, not really open to the public at the right. time. Because you know, you even kept it like it was part of being like a James Bond type character. Sure. You know, yeah. I wonder who wrote that. You're the one that did it. But right, right, saying, right. I wonder who did that. You know, so it was, that's cool. It was more like being um, now. It's everybody posts everything. You yeah. know, they know what you're eating for dinner. They know when you're stepping out of your car. They know you're checking in this place and whatnot. And yeah, you can't be mysterious anymore. Yeah, there's no, there's no more, uh, um, you know, being mysterious. And it's just kind of everything out there. And uh, you know, but back then it was like, like Eddie said, it was like, you know, when uh, like Slick and Hex battled, right? That was like a, that was like a point to monumental, it. dude. It was yeah. the biggest battle I probably ever went to. Yeah. Like, the news crews, it was yeah. like, and we talked about that with Slick. Yeah. Like, I just posted Slick's, I just posted Hex's painting of Freddy Krueger pinning Slick down uh-huh. yeah, two yeah. days ago. Yeah. And it's like, that shit was like, the, to me, that was like, the World Series, yeah. you know, of what we did. Yeah. And I almost fought, well, I don't want to say who it was, but there was a really big dude that had a special publication that was around that talked shit to me, and I mm. tried to fight him because I didn't know who he was, and everyone was like, right. that's that dude. It was like, you never knew who you were. We're all walking around trying to catch yeah. your sleeve or your under your hat. Mm-hmm. It was so... Figure out who's yeah, who. it was like yeah. one of the World Series, bro. Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, battles were epic, you know. Yeah. That, I think that was, that was the, that was very... Uh, I guess hip hop ish before, you know, like sure. you know, even like with the music, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, it was battles, battles, it was all yeah. battles. You know what I think we should bring back, and I've been telling Trey, Trey that big shout out to Trey, Trey to Don. We call him Tretna, right? Um, or Treyway, or Trayvon for Estevan. But I, th- I want to see Zines come back, like yeah. like Can Control. You know, yeah. I always a fiend to, to get to Can Control, see yeah. if our crew was up in it. And, you know, I think that there is there paper, is a little resurgence of Zines. I don't know if it's necessarily within. Uh, graffiti, but there, there's st- starting to be a little bit of that. Yeah, I see, I've seen yeah. it. You know, Dave Schubert from San Francisco, yeah, I showed yeah. him that uh, yeah. last night. He's talking about doing another one. I mm. saw it on IG. But I think maybe I want to do something with Trey, like, you know, let him show his life with us. Yeah. Because you know, he has a bird's eye perspective on what yeah, we're yeah. going through. Like, he kicks it with us eating fucking Korean barbecue and shit, not just, right. you know, out at the wall or right, right, right. IG specific shit, right? Yeah. But I think maybe I'll do one for Gorilla One just for the hell of it because that I still right. have all my can controls. Mm. Yeah, you know, like I still yeah, yeah. these fuckers are twenty years old and they're falling sure. apart and shit, but I still have them. Yeah, and I think that may show these younger, this younger generation more of an appreciation to actually be able to physically touch it versus swipe no past it and then never look at it again after a week. Yeah, you know, be able to sit around and kind of, kind of really study it. You know, because yeah. that's what we used to do. Can control is like a fucking workbook. For sure. Basically. Yeah. For yeah. Hand styles for colors, for fill ideas. Like, right. I used to be like, wow, I wish I could do that. You know, but now it's like pretty colors and keep it moving. Right. Yeah, but that tangible piece, I think, is still yeah. really. And you see it, you know. Uh, now it's books. It is. But even like, you know, I'm, any boutique you walk into, or like boutique hotel, they have a little magazine that they've created, right? And you know, for their yeah, to customers, their lifestyle. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Or you know, the hundreds had a magazine. You know, Staple. You know, he's doing repages like High yeah. Beast magazine. Like all those. You know, there's that element to that just really niche. You know, narrow interest. Yeah. You want to hold it and collect it, and 
you know, that's part of it too, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's hard too because I think uh, people are so like anxious to post things and stuff like that and get response instantaneous responses that that it's it's like uh, yeah the element of surprise is never there like right. you know like like you know like what Eddie said you waited for the next one now I wonder what's coming yeah, out yeah, of the next sure. issue of Big Time or Can't Control right. and no. there's no there's no more element of surprise people are showing you like works in progress you that's know right. what I mean like yeah yeah that's you know, the other and, day he was painting a building over there by earth in, in WeHo and he goes no stories we're gonna only post the final deal yeah and I thought about that like damn if, if we all like to the minute we're posting what right. the fuck we did yeah like, of I've course I've already posted three shots of right now of course I mean? so like hopefully they'll anticipate this wonderful interview but yeah, yeah. no I get it if we would slow down a little bit maybe we'd show some appreciation to it's a balance you know because yeah. the world's like, we're not all gonna slow down yeah, no, no. you know what I mean um, uh, I want to talk about the the lettering style. Um, I've seen you talking about like exploding the letter form. Yeah, yeah. And so, how does that like when I when I look at your your art, like there's a I have like conflicting emotions yeah. of like on one side it feels chaotic and on yeah. the other side it feels very calming and peaceful. Yeah, yeah. And, right, and like. Especially when it when it's the whole wall. Yeah. Um, well, what, I guess. Oh, yeah. Well, just go ahead. talk about that. Talk about like transforming this alphabet into. Yeah. Well, I mean, into, you know, obviously, like, like you know, growing up, I mean, like, you know, my dad was an architect, so I used to do these mm. like blueprints. I see the writing was just immaculate, you yeah. know, and uh, uh, you know, they actually taught you um, cursive in school, right. you know, so you. It was hands-on. You do these lines, and if you did bad, you'd roll standards, right? Sure. So everything was writing. The first thing you learn in in school is to write your name. Then you know, you know, it's communication, right? Yeah. You know, and then uh, basically, so you know, the alphabet and signature is part of part of uh, what we all do. You know, the pen is mightier than the sword, they say, right? Sure. So. Um, so basically, every every culture has language, communication. Then it was started illustrative, then uh, structured. Uh, language, mm-hmm. alphabets, putting words, sentences, phrases together. Um, so basically, you know, I'm doing what everybody else did, but then, you know, actually, you know, with graffiti, you have like stages of the throw ups, the tag, you know, the wild style. Right. And then it could, you know, wild style is very complex. It could sure. be, but it's still, you keep the letter structure intact in terms uh-huh. of you don't, you know, stray from it. A, a is still an A, but they're gonna, right. you know, but it's always uh, an A. It's gonna be just they're gonna distort parts, yeah. add arrows, spades, this that, break offs. So it could be, get, be very complex to where it's not uh, legible, but um, but the letter is intact in there, you know, and um, so I, I I saw languages. Okay, I did the structured letters, the placasos, mm-hmm. and I did that, and then. Um, I also thought, wow, you know, one day I just let my mind free and just let, it's almost like automatic painting. Yeah. And I let it go, a gestural abstract. And some of it's structured, some of it's not structured, some of it says things. So it's very random. The process of it is so random mm. for me that um, I call it, um, you know, spiritual language, yeah. where it's coming from the spirit. It's yeah. like speaking in tongues, right? It's like babble, Amazing. right? So um, it's another spiritual form of communication. And, um, you know, even to me, I don't know what it means. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, it's like, what does that mean? I, I don't know. You yeah. know, and then people see different things in it, and and it's a mystery to myself as well. 
but um that that i think is just a more more higher level consciousness in terms of uh breaking obliterating the the letter structure so yeah. so that's a higher plane of wild style not that it's higher in terms of like you know levels but it's just more of a spiritual aspect unconscious movement mm -hmm. you know because wild style is very uh cerebral you, sure. you're kind of connecting these dots you know you're basically creating like a maze right, right. so it is cerebral and also that is cerebral in terms of like you know um you know how you're going to put all this together and weave it in but you know with mine i just like let all that go mm. and that there's no plan i just let the, the hands fly so what do you find like how much because you've done this mm -hmm. you know many many times now um how much is new typically in a in a painting um you know every everything it all depends on everything there's so many so many aspects to it because i also yeah. do a lot of layers in a lot of my work so i right. do i call it layers of uh, consciousness mm. you know like where you know we all have layers right you know and uh you know life is com complex you know where we have we have different kind of uh you know layers and i see see it in graffiti right you see layers and layers sure. of walls one piece going over the other when they you know they we've taken chunks off of the Belmont tunnel that were like that, you yeah. know, just of spray yeah, paint yeah. layers of, and then you could see it like, right. just like, you know, the layers. And, That's cool. and I always, you know, kind of like pushing and pulling my work. And like I said, every, every, uh, every job is different, man. Every mm -hmm. piece is different. It has, it's, it's based on time where I'm at, how I'm feeling. Um, you know, so there's, there, there's different variables that dictate what's, actually going to happen so everyone is basically not a, a replication you know some mm -hmm. people do the same tag everywhere and it's like the most simplest form of branding Chocolate. right you know yeah. Tag is yeah, like of course. very memorable right I mean it's like you know Nike or whatever yeah. they have the simple thing that's ubiquitous sure right and that's the essence of a tag to kind of see it but you know my you know I you know I, I believe my style is like yeah there's definitive things you see but then there's also mysterious things you see i mean it's funny you say that because yeah like you know in the branding world you know they spend millions of dollars to develop their style guide yeah. and try to make sure that you know the nike logo mm -hmm. and the word looks the same yeah. everywhere you put it right i think the flip side of that is in this world where there's so much noise everywhere yeah that when you see something over and over it, it kind of like you stop paying attention to it mm -hmm. whereas like you know, something different or unique is going to catch your eye and maybe grab a little bit more of your attention. Maybe brands need to think that way a little bit. Yeah. You know, switch up, put the swoosh backwards. Yeah. And you'll notice there's something different about it, you know? I mean, I think, I think it's just, I think it's just so simple and universal that it's just people, it's just basically um, getting that simple logo to basically, you know, sit in your subconscious sure. and then all, everything else comes back to, Right, getting to go to buy buy that product, you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's yeah. I guess the the question is, at what point does your brain stop paying attention? Because mm, it's yeah. not, you know, because it's not disrupting your your flow. Yeah, but I mean, you know, some some brands are like just like staples, right. you know, where it's just you know McDonald's is there, this right. brand is there, and it's just you know they're staples. But um, you know, I guess that's just human nature, right? Sure. And and very general. But, yeah. you know, my, my approach to art is a little unconventional. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, what are you trying to do next? What's the goal? Do you, do you like set goals and go after them or, or is mm. it 
more just like, uh, you know, just flow. I'm kind of manifesting right now because I, I yeah. notice like the more like I just focus on what's in front of me, mm -hmm. um, I'm more successful in terms of, you know, I just worry about, you know, putting out good, good stuff and uh, let everything else fall in place when it's going to fall in place. Yeah. Um, I read that uh, your art embodies L.A., I think one of the articles about you said that. Um, what what, do you, what does that mean to you? Well, it means a lot because I think, uh, um, you know, just because of my roots in Los Angeles in terms of, you know, just growing up, being, being mm -hmm. original, and the, being, I would say the first wave of, of this uh, actual graffiti movement, you know what I mean? Because, I mean, yeah, the neighborhoods uh, pre-existed, you right. know, this, even the East Coast movement, right? Sure. I mean, it go that goes back to maybe the twenties, early LA, you know, be, you know, when there's stagecoaches and stuff. Yeah. You know, you know, these little um, enclaves. Yeah, yeah. Had graffiti, but um, you know, but taking some of that and infusing it, that's what my crew did. We kind of infused, we came from these neighborhoods, Boyle Heights, Pico Union, mm -hmm. you know, the Rampart area, just you know, different. And then we kind of ha had these backgrounds that were, you know, we coexisted with them with with a lot of these backgrounds and um. Our style kind of was a hybrid of both, so we were able to, uh, you know, infuse the style, and I think that's kind of the trademark of my crew. But you know, I always kept, you know, that style within that. And I think that's what makes LA unique: mm -hmm. is this culture that didn't exist on the East Coast was there, but it actually merged with, yeah. with you know, um, a lot of the artistic. Uh, uh, movement that they were ha having on the east coast you know or they're doing fill-ins bubble letters complex yeah, yeah. pieces and stuff like that but also you know with our you know influence of like the you know the, the old english forms the mm -hmm. block letters the block assholes and yeah. you kind of meld that together and you know that that's kind of what la embodies and i think my, my style is a is a um is representative representative of that mm. you know that infusion mm -hmm. I got a question. Who, uh, who do you think, as a graffiti artist, has influenced you the most? Not, you know, and, and that's a tough question. Every mm -hmm. time we ask it, people get a little caught up because they don't, you know, it's, it's, it's. But who do you think's influenced you the most? And not your style, but just maybe even the you wanting to do graffiti, like you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, question. you know, when I was a kid, from a technical standpoint, like soon came from um, uh, New York, so his stuff was just like whoa. Yeah. You know, we saw him at uh, Pan Pacific. You know. I think it was, I met him in 84, mm. and, you know, there were these larger-than-life characters, him and Legit, you know, mm -hmm. and it was just like, whoa, but they're, you know, the can control was definitely, like, on another level. And then um, my friend Rick, Rick won Crime, he had a big influence on me. He was really fast with the can, had mm. a, he painted really fast, uh, a really great artist. Um, I mean, these guys were, like, heroes to me. Um, what about now? Can you? When's, when's the last time you saw like a, a youngster or somebody doing something that made you stop and think? Oh man, I'm. It's, it's, you know, like now, I, like I, I'm just thinking about how like saturated everything yeah. is. We see people all over the place doing everything, so sure. it's kind of hard for me to kind of pinpoint. And um, no, I'm sure. And I think so right, now it's more like, um, you know, I'm, I'm not really too worried about what's happening around me. I'm trying to really. Uh, push myself and like I said it's more of you know fighting yourself mm -hmm. you know, yeah, it's an internal mm -hmm. battle and it's internal, internal battle. pressing yourself on a regular basis yeah it's more yourself than it is but yeah that's a good point yeah I bet 
That is definitely a good point. Like back in the day, we looked to others for our influence and our style, and, and that was what pressed us. Now it's internal as you become older and as things have changed. Yeah, and, and, and kind of what you're talking about, right, that there's, there's information mm-hmm. everywhere. There's inspiration everywhere. You yeah, know? it's pretty uh, crazy. That it, it's more about the keeping stuff out. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess, I guess that, too, is just more like, you know, you, you know, like there's like, you know, you pick up a phone and there's just a million posts. And yeah. how do you even, you know, right. even going to some of these even, I mean, I'm getting off the subject, but, you know, you go to some of these trade shows, right? Mm-hmm. Like Agenda and stuff. You go, mm-hmm. there's a thousand booths and it's just kind of like you walk right. around and what sticks out, you know. And, For sure. You know, everybody's trying to do something that, you know, I'm going to build a fake block or yeah, I'm going to yeah, do yeah. this. And then yeah. you go and it's, it's hard to decipher what really you totally. know, um, catches, you know, and I'm sure, yeah, there's a lot of good people out there, you know, yeah. but it's just, it's just now I'm, I feel like I'm in the sea of this. So I, you know, I'll, I'll glance, but I won't look too hard. Cause it's just like, you know, it's just, you know, it's yeah. to a certain I got to work, you know, I got to do my thing. So where know? do you find inspiration? I, you know, I know, you, you know, we were talking about music, you know, I, I think, you know, I saw an interview where you talked about the ocean Yeah. and, uh, which I, I feel the same way I have. Yeah. Uh, I try to look at the ocean whenever possible. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's pretty crazy. Like I, lately I've been, you know, a lot of studio time is, uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts and stuff like that. And yeah. it's kind of like pretty cool because- What do you listen to? Um, I listen to like Jocko podcast once in a while. Okay. Uh, Danielle Boheli uh, is, it's called uh, History on Fire. Oh, cool. It's pretty good. I'm gonna um, check it out. Yeah. Uh, Joe Rogan once in a while, you know, uh-huh. I think I kind of pick what's kind of yeah. cool. And there's a whole bunch of stuff. Even there's some cool ones about crime and stuff mm. like that. They're mm-hmm. just mystery things uh, uh, in the dark. That's yeah. a good one. I mean, so sometimes I just play stuff randomly, sure. but or even YouTube clips. But I kind of uh, would because I, I, I used to read a lot. Not anymore. Now we got phones. But, Sorry. you know, I'll, I'll listen to these time. long, long term, you know, long, I guess what they call it, long form. Yeah. Um, podcast because you get more of a it's not like a newsreel where it's right real quick but i'll listen to that and i get a lot of inspiration from you know like you know listen to jocko's like a navy seal so you you think you're having it you know but he he reviews a lot of uh uh, historical books on war and you know just some of the atrocities that happened Mm -hmm. the way people weathered those storms and stuff like that and you know in life in general just kind of like wow man you know we're we're fortunate to be where we're at now we're not here in World War Two, or, or right. you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, just yeah. getting bombed or, you know, you know, we're very fortunate to be where we're at, you know, and, and you know, things like that kind of inspire me and, yeah. and make me grateful for, uh, you know, the blessings that, that you know, that, that in the era we're in right now. I mean, I think that's important. Obviously, there's so much bad news everywhere you look. Yeah. And there's, you know, industries yeah. built on keeping us worried about yeah you know what's around the corner or whatever yeah. and um i just saw a talk uh a couple of weeks ago about you know by most every measure the world is better now than it's ever been mm-hmm. and yeah there's problems and you know not everything's perfect but in general life keeps getting better for more and more people yeah and yet like our we don't always believe that like we we focus on the bad things yeah which then i think that makes it hard to go out and be creative, right? And yeah. go wanna. But I think too, it's 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 like you know when I look at things like uh, you know like like now like, I think it gets easier. People get softer. Yeah. 
For you know sure. what I'm saying? Oh, you offended me, or you did this. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? I mean, like, I mean, like, Man. you know, like I, I, you know, by looking at history and some of the atrocities that happened, like the Khmer Rouge and yeah. stuff like that, I'm like, wow, man. You yeah. know, it's just like People we have it so easy. Shit. For sure. And you know, and and you know the, you know, every generation is gonna say, you know, probably when we're kids, like you guys take a bus, we walk barefooted of five course. miles to school every morning. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like, oh man, I'll tell you that. Definitely. And then now we're we're like you know like man you guys got it easy you guys just right. we used to fight you know you guys That's just right. talk smack on the internet. That's right. And I'm pretty sure you know the next generation is like you know my grandpa he used to actually have to type the words right. in like it was called texting they'd have to sit there and type and sure. you know they'd lose their phones and right. their keys because everything's gonna be automated. Well yeah and it's going to even when right. you can think about shit and it happens. Yeah. Like yeah. Rather so, than even having to yeah, yeah. say it. Absolutely. You know, so it's going to get so, you know, technical. It'll be a hologram, you know. Sure. Te Technology is going to be there. It might even be here in five years, who knows. Right. But, I mean, there's there's going to be things where they're going to, that's old school, you know. They yeah, had to, always. You know, and then, always. So, and then, you know, that the next generation is going to be like, what? Well, they had cars. People actually used to leave the house. <laughs> oh, yeah. They have to just have to go somewhere right. to, to eat McDonald's. For sure. Now you just say it and it yeah. pops into this little window in our house here. They actually had to go to the gym and work out. Like that's I right. have, actually have to struggle to run yeah. up a hill. Yeah. You know, yeah. now you got this little this little like, thing, and it's just like boom, you get this infusion yeah, you go to or whatever. Sleep and you work out. Crazy, yeah. crazy shit. That's crazy. crazy. Who knows? I mean, I I, I shouldn't. Lightning say. round. All right, I have a lightning round. A, a couple of questions I want to ask you before we get like, out of real here. Quick ones. Um, what's your favorite city to travel to? Oh, shoot. Oh, mama, city, 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 city. New York. Yeah. New York never, never yeah. stops. Yeah, it's a machine. Um, who's your favorite DJ? Uh, uh, Rhythmatic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good one. Um, I know you say you don't read so much anymore, but what's the last great book you read? Oh, the last great book I read, um, 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 33 Strategies of War by Robert Greene. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, I haven't read that one yet. It's on my list, but I like Robert Greene. Yeah. What movie do you think you've seen the most in your life? Uh, cliche with Scarface. Oh yeah, it's okay, man. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me one decision that changed your life forever. Oh, what decision? I guess to go back to school to mm. re-educate, you know, to 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 go to school. Go when to was college. that? Uh, later in life, I mean, like, you know, I might might have graduated like five years ago. Oh okay. Yeah. yeah. So. Was that a tough choice? Yeah, starting from the bottom was, yeah, at an yeah. older age, yeah, it was. Yeah. But to finish it, it was very, I think it changed, you know, the way, I, you know, my outlook and perspective. And I think that's great, man. I, I um, you know, I, I think about that sometimes, and I, I actually was just listening to a, a talk about how the, the world's living longer mm -hmm. and how, like, this idea that we go to school until we're, like, 25 and, mm -hmm. then, and then we're done for life, like, that's probably not going to last. Yeah. When you're living to 100 yeah there's gonna be more shit to learn along yeah, the way yeah of course yeah. and as things change yeah as technology updates industries shift absolutely what you learn when you're 18 and by the time you turn 35 no longer applies anymore for sure yeah sometimes um, yeah sometimes no that's good so okay complete this sentence for yourself i don't have talent i have blank uh hard work ethic that's good who would you be most excited to learn appreciates your work? Um, shoot. I don't know, man. That was a hard one. 
Bruce Lee if he was alive. Yeah. Yeah, that's big. Yeah, that'd be major. For sure. Cool. How, how does everybody find you online? Where should they follow you? Probably most instantaneous is Instagram because yeah. it's visual and a little bit of words and pretty much that's pretty much a one-stop shop. You got live and all that stuff. So yeah. I'm kind of like, you know, I'm more visual, so I don't really do Twitter and mm-hmm. Facebook and all that stuff. So. Yeah. So, well, thanks, man. We'll be watching. Thank and, you, guys. Um, Thank you, come guys. Come back anytime. You want to promote something, whatever. We'd love to Thank you, guys. Always have you back. Great, great, great. Thank you. Great stuff. Sir? That's it. Thank you, you as always. For online, it's at D-E-F-E-R-K, the number two, the letter S, Defrica2S. And Gorilla One? G-U-E-R-I-L-L-A-O-N-E. Nice. And we'll, we'll watch. We, we're going to come. Maybe you should just come in by yourself one time when you relaunch Gorilla One and let's talk about that. Uh, I never like to go That's fine. I'll, I'll say I'm I know you'll bring. That's, that's even better. My man. Yo, that was Defer on Rebel Radio. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Make sure you leave us a comment on Twitter, on Facebook. It's all at Rebel Radio Net. Uh, You can leave us a review on iTunes. And most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio. Peace.